Are you ready to open your private practice this summer and make the leap into entrepreneurship? Introducing Make the Leap, our new offering by the Successful Nurse Coaches. Make the Leap is a four-month group coaching program that is designed to help you create your first paid client. Join our experienced lead coaches, Sean and Amy, as they guide you through the Successful Nurse Coach Method, helping you create your first paid client in 30 days or less. Not only will you get access to our course that teaches you all the things on how to create clients in a non-icky way, will also be personalized mentorship, weekly group calls, and actionable steps to launch your business from just beginning into the Paid Coach Club. Since we are not running new mentorship groups this summer, we didn't want to leave those of you who are ready to begin hanging out in space waiting for the next group to start. This group is a great way for new coaches who have yet to begin their coaching practice or for coaches who have five paid clients or less. This is the most affordable way to work with our team. So be sure to check out the link in the bio. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby, both board-certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Hello, and welcome back to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. It is Shelby here today, flying solo, and I'm excited to jump in with you today. Um... I don't know what I'm going to title this episode yet. Maybe like Shelby's most favorite things, <laughs> Shelby's smorgasbord of fun uh, to be determined. You know, the podcast episode now, if you're listening to it, um, I put out a poll yesterday or like a question on Instagram asking what he wanted to hear from me. And a lot of you responded and I am going to respond to my most favorite questions that I got. So Thank you preemptively for those of you who participated in in this little experiment. And today's going to be a little bit all over the place. Um, So if you're into that kind of thing, buckle up, join me. I'm here for it. You're here for it. And let's do a couple of announcements. First off, happy Halloween. I hope that you and your family are going to have the best time tomorrow. Hopefully the weather is just cooperating where you're at here in Texas. It's a real gamble on if it's going to be like hot or cold. Um, I think we're going to have a pretty nice time tomorrow. Um, It's our first Halloween as a family of four. And at the time of recording, my firstborn has not decided what Pokemon she wants to be. So that'll be a really cute game time decision that works out 10 out of 10 times with four-year-olds, as all my moms know. So be, be keeping me in your good thoughts and prayers <laughs> tomorrow on whenever we get her in her costume. And also we're hosting a, a master's retreat uh, for our year two clients uh, this week as well. So this week is pretty full and fun. And uh, we're so excited to to see all of our clients in person and hang out in Austin. Um, that also being said, Effortless Enrollment is our next workshop on November 17th. Come join us. Information is on the website. We would love to have you. And um, yeah, I'm super excited for just the next, the end of the year. Like this is kind of the most fun time. It's a uh, summer tends to be like kind of, um, 
not a slower pace. It's just like faster in, in, in the life department. Like we're out doing more, having fun, enjoying summer and being off. Uh, and then uh, fall is kind of like where we cozy back up into the office and really hit the gas through the end of the year um, before Christmas. And then we take off a nice juicy holiday vacation. Um, so I'm just, yeah, I'm just looking forward through our last remaining weeks of this year and uh, feeling really excited and fulfilled in our role here. So thank you for taking that journey with me down sappy lane. And uh, today, yeah, so we have a couple of topics on on the docket. We're going to talk things about um, human design, overcoming fears, uh, meditation, and even being sick. Uh, and how does that affect your schedule and your business and all the things? So, like I said, buckle up. We're here for we're here for the next twenty to thirty minutes. And uh, thanks for spending your time with me this Monday morning. So, the most repetitive question that I got. Um, from all of you was how do you use human design and coaching? And I want to be really clear that I know just enough about human design to be dangerous <laughs> with it. I am um, kind of in that stage to where I'm just listening and learning and attending a lot of um, workshops. And I have my own human design coach that I've been working with for a while just to see how he does it, his style of things. Um, and I really love human design. I think it's a really cool blueprint um, I, it, I do see some uh, p- ways where people can misinterpret human design and use it as um, a reason they can't or a reason they shouldn't or um, a reason to stay small. And then that's the only kind of hiccup I have. And I think that this can go with kind of like any personality type system that we subscribe to is that you can always find a reason to leverage it, or you can always find the reason to have it be a weight in your backpack. And, um, so I just wanted to make that big announcement before I jump, jump in here of it can work to your advantage or it can be your worst enemy. And I encourage you to make it work for your advantage because I think it's a really cool permission slip for, for a lot of things. And for those of you who don't know what human design is, this is going to be I'm not going to do it justice, so I encourage to go to another resource for this, but we'll sp- we'll spend a couple minutes here. Um, human design is a part spiritual, part astrological, part science um, system, and it's based off your birth time, your birth place, and birth time, birth place, time, place, and city. No? Something else. See? You can tell that I don't really know that much about it if I can't even tell you what it is. Anyway, it's not a quiz. It's not like a personality assessment. It's something that you plug in data to, and then you are given a, um, like a body graph is what they call it. And it kind of, it's a really big piece of information. So you're not going to like get this body graph and be like, oh, I know exactly what that means. It makes so much sense. You're going to get this body graph and be like, wow, I am so overwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and that might be where you stop with human design. Um, and that's okay. Uh, but uh, there are a few different categories that you fall into. And even within those categories, like the level of um, detail, like I really feel like human design shines super well with like, just because 
you and I are both projectors, it doesn't mean that we're like the same in any way, shape or form. There's like thousands of ways to be even flavored as a projector under the human design spectrum, which is really cool. Um, but I'm going to tell you how I use human design in my life and the resources that I have and um, feel free to just like explore on your own and use it to your advantage. But I am a manifesting generator, which is really cool. That means that I'm like a baseline generator. Generators inherently usually have a lot of energy. Laura is a generator. Um, most of our team, all of our team are either generators or manifesting generators. So there is a trend there for sure. Um, we are, uh, we just have a lot, we just have a lot of energy um, compared to, to others. So not good or bad, just is. And um, I heard once that being a manifesting generator, I heard on the human, it's called the My Human Design podcast by Jenna Zoe. Um you know, like being a manifesting generator is the epitome of what it means to be a human because um, I have the ability to manifest if when it's in alignment and I also have the energy to back it up, which is really cool. Um, I won't say that I necessarily like feel that all of the time because I'm also like, you know, I have a nine month old and I haven't slept in who knows how long. It's been a long time. So um, I don't want to pull some really cool card of like I have it all together over here because I very much do not. But um, it is cool. Things that are exciting for me, I get to follow my excitement. I get to, and especially when it's backed up by my energy level, uh, that's really fun. And I think that that's what's landed me here in coaching without me having any awareness of it. Um, and that's really cool about human design as well, is that you're kind of doing it even if you don't know anything about it anyway, which is awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, following my excitement definitely lent in me in the world of of coaching. But with generators, um, you want to the two most important thing about human design is to operate with your by your strategy and your authority. So when you plug in your information, those are kind of like the two easiest um, pieces of information to digest. And um, my strategy is to wait to respond, which is. Um, interesting to reflect back on of like I think about when Laura and I partnered together right Laura and I did not go to nurse coaching certification to become business coaches that was no it was I can't even say it was the last thing on my radar it wasn't even on my radar whatsoever um but we went and I followed my excitement and I was in certification and we did the thing and Laura and I became friends and then we graduated and we lost touch for I don't know a couple months and um, we like, you know, liked each other's Facebook statuses and were supportive from afar. Um, but then whenever her and I started generating success in our practice, we started getting questions about how do you do that? How did that work? Blah, blah, you've heard the story. We've told it a hundred times on the podcast. And then I like to think now because Laura is also a generator. Like she responded to, to the call, right? She responded. She's like, I see that our people have a problem. They're asking me how to solve this problem. Um, and then she called me and I responded to that call. Right. So that's what it can look like to respond. Um, that also being said, both Laura and I are sacral authorities, um, which means that if you ask us a yes or no question in the moment, I can tell you yes or no. And I do not need time to think about it which is both kind of scary and cool at the same time. Um, I think that this has served us super well as entrepreneurs of being able to make decisions quickly and move through them quickly. Um, 
This also means that I can say yes to something today and then it's a no tomorrow, which being inconsistent is like one of my biggest pet peeves. So my human design coach once told me that I am designed to be inconsistent and that I don't know that I accept it, <laughs> to be honest. Um, it's one that I I can see of like the ability to change your mind is a good thing based on where you're at in that moment. And also I like to be reliable. So um yeah, this is definitely something I'm not a pro at. It's just something that I have a lot of awareness around for myself. Um, so that that is really cool for for Laura and myself of like, we know, yes or no, right then and there, if it's the right call. Um, and then it's allowed to change. <laughs> uh, so that is your authority. So there's different types of authority. There's emotional authorities. There's there's like so many different types of authorities. I won't get into the whole like PowerPoint presentation here, but um, like if you, for example, if you're an emotional authority, you need more time. My husband is an emotional authority. He needs more time to make decisions. And sometimes more time means like three days and sometimes it means like 12 months. And um, as a person who makes decisions in the moment, that is really funky fresh for me a lot of the time, but it's helpful to know so that I'm not like grabbing him by the shoulders and like shaking him being like, give me an answer today. Like I can respect his process a little bit more, even if it's still like is annoying, you know? Also, Rob, I know you listen to these podcasts. I love you so much. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, okay. So and then how I use human, that's a little bit about how I just am practicing using human design in my life. If I'm feeling backed into a corner, I try to like just remember these tools, remember these perspectives, bring them to the table. It's helpful. Um, and then how I use it with clients, as I kind of play with it. I, I don't lead with this. Um, I like to coach people first without knowing their design. If I think that it'll be supportive, then I ask if they're open to it. Uh, lots of permission seeking around this. And usually what I find is after I learn their design is either they are, <laughs> if they're a projector, then they've usually been conditioned to be a generator just through society. Most of society is a generator. A lot of our projectors get conditioned to act and show up as, as, uh, as generators. Projectors don't have as much energy uh, available to them as generators. So you can see how that can like be taxing for them. Um, and then, uh, but I find that oftentimes whenever people learn about their human design, they're like, oh my God, this is spot on. This is why I feel the way that I feel. And it just gives them like a really deep breath of release of like, there's nothing wrong with me. This is just the way that I am. And then with that permission slip, we get to just play bigger and bolder and braver, which is also what I love, love so much about it. Um, but I like to coach people first just to not filter or try to guide in any sort of way. And I find that when I let clients lead, that they always lead according to their authority and to their um, strategy. If I let them lead and I don't try to like strong arm them one way or the other. So um, that's really cool. Okay. That, that was longer than five minutes. Thanks for hanging around on that one. Okay. Second question. How does being sick affect your schedule? Um, Janet, thank you for this question. I was, uh, my whole family was so sick this week with the GI virus. It took us all out, except for the baby, God bless, breastfeeding and antibodies. And she stayed healthy by some miracle. Um, but we were all very, very sick starting early Monday morning, kind of until like last night. And, um, you know, when you get a GI virus, like you get through like 
the thick of it. And then you're just like spent physically because you haven't eaten. You have no fluids on board. (laughs) And all I've eaten is saltines and peanut butter toast since uh, Monday afternoon. So, um, yeah, I watched my Rob and Ada get sick on Monday morning. And I was like, oh, God please don't come for me. So I was like trying to cram as much work in Monday morning as I could. Um, We have a bunch of calls that Laura and I alternate with on Mondays um, for our year two space. And what's great about that is that Monday morning at 5 a.m. when I woke up to a string of text messages of Rob upstairs with our oldest being like, hey, she's sick. I'm not feeling great. Um, And I was like, I have a perfect backup. It was wonderful. I texted Laura. Laura, bless her. She's up at like 4.30 a.m., most days anyway. So um, I was just like, hey, I, we're out. Like I have to take care of them. Ada's throwing up every 15 minutes. I can't be on the calls this morning. Can you cover me? Um, and I'll and I'll get the next ones. And it works. It just, it worked out. Um, it doesn't work for every call every time. It just happened that it worked this time. Um, on Tuesday, that's when I was the sickest and I had to cancel all of my, all of my calls. I've had a bunch of application calls and some one-on-one sessions. And I just had to, like, there was no way. I was not even close to my best form. And so scrap them, moved them to Friday. Everyone is super understanding. And then Wednesday, yesterday, I coached for the first time. I had a whole bunch of energy in the morning and then my energy kind of faded really, really quickly. Um, And so I'm also in a class right now, um, the deep coaching intensive with Leon Vanderpaul and, uh, I, yeah, my class is in the evening and I just did not have the energy for it. So I messaged, opt out, just really opted to take the highest care of myself as I possibly could and just push everything as necessary. Um, So tomorrow, Friday is a pretty loaded day for me, Um, but not like, not like crazy. It's not overwhelming. Um, However, I was worried because we are hosting our retreat this week and all the things. I was like, I don't really have a lot of time to like spread these calls out or redo them. They kind of need to be wrapped up this week. So that was a little bit of an anxious flutter in my heart, but it all worked out. So this is life, team. You're going to get sick. Unfortunately, it's just the downfalls of being human. And um, yeah, yeah. Every time I've had to take a, take a step back from our business, whether it's to have a baby, to have heart surgery, to have COVID, to have any of the, you know, just all the things, um, it, it always works out. Okay. The cookies always crumble. Um, sometimes playing catch up can be a little hustle for like three or four days. Um, and for perspective, I think I had to reschedule like six calls. Um, so not not a crazy 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 amount um but had i been the only one the only coach on the team that could have run those calls on monday then i would have had three more calls to um make up for so always cool to have a backup buddy <laughs> that, that can jump in and cover your calls and it's something that i recommend for like people who are pregnant and expecting um it's like just have have a friend on standby that you really trust that's a coach that can jump in on your calls if you need them. Like if you need to go, you know, um, it's always just like a comfort, even if you never use it. Okay. Um, let's do meditation and business le- next and then leave fear and trusting yourself for the last one. Cause that one's going to be a little 
juicy. Um, so meditation and business, we had this question or I had this question on like why it's important and all the things in a really quick synopsis here, because this could be a totally solo podcast episode all by my all by on its lonesome. But I like meditation genuinely has saved my life. Like I started meditating when I was in certification. It was a really transformative experience for me. Um, I had never, I always like played kind of with it, but I'd never done anything consistent. And whenever I found out about my aneurysm, Laura had mentioned Dr. Joe Dispenza to me. And she was like, I think that you need like a radical miracle here. And uh, she wasn't wrong. So I inhaled Joe Dispenza's books, like all three of them. I know he has more, but like his first three, I inhaled them in like 10 days. And I started this meditation practice and he does like a really deep, deep meditation practice. And it was going super well. And it's a huge time commitment. It's like an hour in the morning when you first wake up and an hour before you go to sleep and you can't lay down. You have to sit up. There's all these rules. And it was going really well for about three weeks um, because I was trying to learn how to manage my anxiety while waiting for open heart surgery. And then all of a sudden I couldn't meditate anymore. Like I couldn't drop into my body. I was so anxious that like even with all like my mind power just wasn't enough to overcome it by myself. And so that led me to hiring Sarah Kleiner. Sarah Kleiner is a somatic practitioner. We have a couple podcast episodes with her. If you want to scroll back and check them out, I've been working with her for years. Um, and we got to bring in like somatic work and meditation. And Sarah's also a really great like um, spiritual guide as well. So being able to meditate and do all these things with um, with like the spiritual aspect blended in with them has been a really beautiful healing modality for me. Um, and the way that this funnels into my practice is like meditation is mm, communicating with with my higher power in particular. Um, I'm still working on what I'm calling it, so we're just going to call it higher power for now. Uh, but communicating in this way it's like prayer is one way for me to speak to my higher power and then meditation is a way that i receive information and i receive information in lots of different ways from um like big bold flashing signs <laughs> that i see in my meditations or like um more cryptic messages or there's just like a lot of information that i get downloaded every time that i'm still and i and i meditate so Whenever things are rocky or unsure or I don't know the answer, like whenever I don't know the answer in the moment, I'm kind of left like, well, what do I do now? I'm confused, all these things. And um, it's just really helpful to have a practice where you can be still and sit and receive. And um, this is a way that I expand my inner capacity for my clients all the time. If I get triggered or upset or something that my client says, like, sits with me the wrong way like it's my responsibility to take care of that or be curious about it and meditation is a really big way that i get to do that and explore that so i think that having a meditative practice if this is something that speaks to you can be super helpful just like as a regulation tool as a spiritual tool as a way to feel connected to self and to your higher power and um yeah 10 out of 10 recommend and um even like on like the most practical level being mindful 
And having a mindfulness practice has helped me in really stressful situations, like all of these surgeries that I've had in the past five years. Um, having a mindfulness practice, having a bunch of somatic background and it and and work, just like body work, has been really helpful on being able to be present um, during a C-section or or um, recover well during open heart surgery, like having breathing techniques uh, when it hurts to take a deep breath. Uh, like all of these things are super helpful, um, even in in the most like practical sense as well. All right, team. This last topic is one that I'm really like passionate about. If you are in my mentorship group right now in any way, shape or form, you've heard me talk about fear probably over the past three or four months. Because um, I think that if we can become friends with our fear, um, then it's not something that we avoid. It's just something that like we buddy up with and that we can use as a signpost of like, you're on the right track. <laughs> Keep going. Fear, fear does not have to be scary. Fear can just be like a moment to pause and to breathe and to assess and to move forward. Um, but there's a couple of different categories of fear I want to familiarize all of you with. So we have the fear of new things, fear of change, fear of the past repeating itself. And then we have like the nervous system response of fear, fight or flight, freeze, fawn response, right? And I think that fear of new and fear of change and the fear of past repeating itself can trip you, trip a fight or flight response, um, but not always. And so just some nuance to be aware of there. And I find that um, fear of the past repeating itself or fear of new things, fear of success, fear of the new is kind of two that I bump up against a lot in coaching. Also working with nurses and nervous system stuff, uh, we bump into that a lot as well. But I think that it's really cool to kind of like intellectualize fear a little bit and knowing that fear coming comes from these four places of like okay whenever i'm feeling scared what am i really afraid of because it's almost never like the actual thing okay so like let's take making a facebook post for example saying that you're a coach like are you actually afraid to write the post and to hit post or are we afraid that the past is going to repeat itself because one time in high school, you made a Facebook post and people were dicks and online bullied you. And we don't want that to happen again, right? Or maybe social media is new for you. And the last time you tried something new, you really epically like face planted and it didn't work out and it was embarrassing and it sucked. And we don't wanna we don't wanna recreate that circumstance again. Like I, I would just encourage you the next time you're feeling like apprehensive or fearful, like to just pause and be like, okay, where is this actually coming from? Is this I'm actually afraid to do the thing. Like I'm actually afraid to make this Facebook post or is it triggering a memory in my brain of a previous time, a previous memory that is eliciting real time feelings all over again over something that isn't even true or hasn't happened yet. Um, that is helpful for me of like, what am I actually afraid of here? Is this, is this true? Is this, is this, present? Is this a real fear or is it a fear that I'm pulling back from my memory um, that is igniting is igniting those feelings all over again? Um, so with that being said, how do we how do we become friends with fear, right? I think that intellectualizing it a little bit can be helpful. And then um, knowing that fear is 
just like your green light most of the time of we are expanding past your ego's comfort. We are expanding into that imposter syndrome territory. Um, You have to be willing to go here. Um, uh, That's a bold statement. I would encourage you to be brave enough to go here (laughs) to create success in your business and in your practice and expand into this person that you know is possible that's sitting right there just waiting for you to step into. And if the fear is working, if the fear of not doing the thing or the fear of doing the thing is keeping you from doing it, then the fear will likely get louder and more manipulative and bigger because your ego is really smart like that. And it'll keep you very, very small and safe and secure. Um, so if you are a client of ours, I encourage you to loop your coach in on here. They can absolutely support you in it. And if you're not a client of ours, then have someone help you like voice this fear out loud to somebody else. And a lot of times that can be enough to like release its grip that it has on your action. So um, tell somebody about it first. Well, okay. Maybe tell yourself first, sit and reflect first, tell somebody else and then be willing to do the thing anyway. Right. As long as it's not like jumping off the side of the grand Canyon without a parachute, you know, like something inherently dangerous. Um, But I promise that you will not disintegrate off over a Facebook post or over making that phone call, over making that connection. Um, It's just our silly little brains trying to keep us like just the same, you know, our brain doing its job. (laughs) And I and I think that fear and trust go hand in hand, right? The trust that you can build within yourself that you will always know how to figure it out is huge, right? And I think some pe- folks can hi- kind of have a leg up here. Um, but building that inner trust does not come necessarily through mindset work. I think that it can be helpful in the beginning to kind of like untangle some of the weeds. And then we get to the bottom of it. We get to the insight. It's like, okay, I'm afraid to do this thing because I don't trust myself. Well, how am I going to build inner trust? It's going to boil down to you just taking action and building trust through the action, Right. Trust is not something that is given. Trust is earned, just like in relationships. And you are in a relationship with yourself here of like, okay, we get to prove. And even if you make the wrong choice, can you pivot? And even if something bad happens, can we fix it? And the answer is always yes. Um, It's always yes. And to give you a a little bit of a personal example here, I've been navigating... um, Oh, I'm going to be so vague and I'm so sorry. I hate when people do this, but I've been navigating a situation and I've been struggling on what is the right decision. I've been hung up of like, okay, well, I know the possible outcomes. I know the options that I have here, um, but which one is the right one? And I like kind of for like two or three days, I kind of got stuck on like, what is the right thing to do? And uh, it really just came down to like any of these decisions are right. Any decision that I make is right. And if it's not, then I'll fix it. And that was just like the 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 space I needed to pick one and move forward. Um, so I hope that that little blurb about fear and trust was helpful. And I just want to send lots of love to everybody who who contributed a question today. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I would also like to say at the end of this that this is exactly what it means to be a generator and to respond. Uh, I asked for questions. You guys gave me a lot and I just responded to the ones I wanted to respond to. So another pro tip of how to, <laughs> to use human design in your business. Um, 
I know that not everybody has a creative outlet to where they get to be this choosy with things. Um, something I definitely don't take for granted, but uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in for this little bit of random smorgasbord charcuterie board assortment of fun little insights into Shelby's brain. If you like it, let me know if there's something you want to hear me talk about on the next one. Happy. I'm game. Um, also, I'm probably going to only ask on Instagram for podcast topics. There is a uh, really awesome group of you <laughs> over on our business Instagram that watches and supports and pays attention. And I am so grateful for you. So thanks for chiming in. And yeah, come see us in the Facebook group, The Successful Nurse Coaches, and let us know if anything resonated for you. Oh, the Human Design Resource. Um, I think I said it, but I'll say it again. My Human Design Podcast by Jenna Zoe is really great. And then if you're looking for a particular type of coach, I have a couple of recommendations. Feel free to feel free to DM me. I will put you in touch. All right, team. See you same time, same place next week. Lots of love.